Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Exodus. We're starting chapter 13. The Egyptian, the um, the Israelites are now leaving Israel, uh, Egypt. Uh, what a dramatic exit this is. So the Lord said to Moses, verse 1, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and beast, is mine. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten today. In the month of Abib you are going out. And when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Jezebites, with which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. You shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. So again, we've got this image here of eating the unleavened bread. Leaven, as we said earlier, represents sin. We see that represented in the New Testament as well. A little bit of leaven spoils the bread. Um, so a little bit of yeast works its way through all of the dough. But this is to commemorate symbolically a later teaching that would be um, eating bread that's pure bread without the leaven. And it's also bread that was made and eaten in haste because the Israelites left Egypt in haste. <clears throat> they were being led by God's hand. And so to eat, God's provision for them was, you can eat food, but don't wait around for the dough to work its way and the bread to rise and make traditional bread. <clears throat> right now, you're going to eat bread that's less palatable because you're leaving Egypt quickly. But it also points to Christ being the bread of life. 
He's going to be better bread for them to eat. But on the seventh day, they're going to have a feast. So the bread they'll have there, probably with the feast, will have some leaven in it. But I suppose. Um, but I think, as McGee points out, this um, um, better bread that they'll eat later points to the better bread that we'll eat later when we receive the bread of life in Christ. So, um, and then this consecration of the firstborn, so is, is sort of remembering the firstborn in Israel that were saved uh, on the night of the Passover, when the, the death angels passed over the houses of the Israelites. So, we're going to eat the unleavened bread that God has provided, how we are, how they're leaving Egypt. But we're also going to commemorate the lives of those who were saved, the firstborns. Verse 7, unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen with you, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be to you as a sign on your hand, as a memorial between your eyes and in your mouth. So, in other words, you need to be teaching it to your children, your your firstborn especially, because they're going to be remembered and redeemed. You shall therefore keep this statue, verse 10, at its appointed time from year to year. So you do this every year to commemorate when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you. You shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb, all the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of a man of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time and when in time to come your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. The Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I say to the Lord, All the males that are first that first open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or on frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. Okay, so this is redeeming them in a spiritual way. They are remembering that they have been redeemed, that those firstborn children were redeemed. 
And so this is a sort of a commemorating the way they left Egypt by eating the unleavened bread. And when they they were leaving Egypt, the tenth miracle was that the firstborn in Pharaoh's household, the Egyptians all died, but the firstborn in God's household, the Israelites were, were preserved, were redeemed, were saved. Verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So he's leading them a different way. He's leading them sort of not directly to the promised land, but indirectly. And they're going to be going around the Red Sea, which doesn't make sense because they're going almost in the opposite direction. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. Now, Joseph knew that God was going to be here. He didn't know when, but he wanted to be in that promised land too. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel, this is chapter 14 now. So now they're out wandering, but the Lord is leading them. And he's keeping a cloud over them in the daytime. They don't get sunburned, as McGee said. You know, they're not out there dying of dehydration. God's preserving them in a cloud keeping the sun out of their eyes, protecting them. And then at night, this cloud of a pillar of fire to give them light and maybe heat too, so they won't be so cold at night. So now we get to chapter 14. The Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pilharoth between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they're wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now, Egypt has just been humiliated. Pharaoh looks like a fool in front of his own people, in front of his own advisors. He has been outmaneuvered. And they have just let all of, like, almost two million people leave. They've taken their livestock. And they've taken all the, they've taken a bunch of gold and jewelry and clothing from the Egyptian people. And Egypt has been hammered by plagues. And even one of the advisors told Pharaoh, Egypt is destroyed. 
you know, let these people go. So now he did, and now his heart is hardened because they don't look so great out there in the wilderness. They look pretty vulnerable, and they look like maybe God has made a slip up. And it's awful tempting here to Pharaoh to get some of his glory back. He needs a win. He needs a victory. So his heart is hardened, and God hardened it. Verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people, and they said, what is this we have done? We have let Israel go from serving us. You know, life is different for them now. So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and and um, took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots. So there's more than 600. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. Verse 9, the Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped by the sea at Philharoth in front of Baal-Zephon. Verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. We're going to stop here. We're going to see what happens tomorrow. One of the most famous miracles in all of the all of the Bible is getting ready to occur. And um, it shows that God will always provide. God provided for the Israelites, but He requires faith. And um, you can't have faith in the presence of fear. Fear and faith kind of are like a, a seesaw. When one's high, the other's low. So God wants us to elevate our faith and not have any fear. But Pharaoh's coming down, and Pharaoh thinks he's got God's people boxed in. So we're going to stop here and continue our study tomorrow. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And I look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. So from me to all of you, we'll see you here next time. God bless you. And as always, keep your hearts centered on Christ.